One of the scariest and most misunderstood passages in the Bible is Hebrews 6, 4 through 6, and I've taught it a few times. And what I usually teach is that it's possible for someone who is saved, or at least looks saved, to get to a point that they cross a line and then it's impossible to renew them to repentance. I taught that passage just a little while ago and found myself really struggling over whether or not that's what it said. Today, I changed my mind on Hebrews chapter 6. Hi, this is Robert Furrow. Welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing, and ringing the bell so you can get all of our new videos. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Now, there are a few different ways in which this passage is taught, and I want to cover them quickly, but before we do that, I want to read you the passage. This is one of six warnings that you find in the book of Hebrews, and each of them are dealing with different aspects of walking away from a relationship with God. So listen to what this one says. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, have tasted of the heavenly gift, have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the ages to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Now that's quite a list that you've got there. Let's just break this list down. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. So that means that you have knowledge that you hadn't normally had. You are enlightened about the kingdom of God, about salvation, about God and have tasted of the heavenly gift. We're gonna assume that that's the heavenly gift of salvation or the heavenly gift of the Holy Spirit and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. So whoever these people were, they were partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. They were experienced about the word of God and the powers of the age that is to come. Those are some pretty significant things. Now, there are two ways that this passage is generally taught, and it's taught based on what you believe about salvation and whether or not when you are genuinely saved, if you can lose your salvation. Number one, people who were saved and then fall away. So there are those who are part of Arminianism who believe that it's possible to have a genuine commitment to Christ and then to fall away. And they believe that this applies to them. Now, I'm not so sure that that's the case. If you are genuinely saved, God knows that you have made a genuine commitment to him. He has worked in your life because of his foreknowledge, and I believe that you will endure to the end if you've made a true and genuine commitment to him. I've often said the argument about once saved, always saved is not a good argument at all. You're arguing about the wrong thing because if someone walks away, both sides say that they are an apostate. If that person walks away and they've made a genuine commitment to Christ, we are going to treat that person as if he has not really made a commitment to God at all. But there are those who will teach that this person genuinely walked with God, had a right relationship with him, and then he fell away. The second way that it's taught is people who know the law and don't get saved. In other words, 
This is written to the Hebrews. It's the book of Hebrews. And these are people that have had experiences about God. They know him from the Old Testament, from their relationship of growing up in Judaism. They certainly would know a lot more about Yahweh than a Gentile who gets saved out of the blue. And that these don't really have a relationship with God and that all of those statements that were made were statements about what they had received, why they were in Judaism, but they had not genuinely been born again and then they fall away but they were never really saved so one says they're genuinely saved and then they fall away the other one says that they were never saved and then they fell away meaning they didn't follow through in Judaism to finding their Messiah now here's the problem with both of those views now there is another view that is taught that says that this is saying the opposite of what it says that what it's saying is that you can't lose your salvation. They kind of read into the passage that it's making something, a statement that is so absurd that it's saying that you can't lose your salvation. We're gonna put that one aside because that's a little bit more complicated and I'm not sure that it holds any merit at all anyway. Now the real problem that you have with both of these views is that it says it's impossible to renew them to repentance. And we would never say of a person who was genuinely saved and then they fell away that it would be impossible to renew them to repentance, that they would never want to come back. It means they can never come back again. And we would never say that about anybody who was genuinely saved. So I don't think it could be talking about that. We would never say of someone who grew up in Judaism, who knew all of those things about God, who didn't receive the Messiah, that they could not be brought to repentance either. So I don't think either of these can work. So I'm going to opt for a third view, and that is what I call the view of a false conversion. That within the church, there are those who are wheat and there are those who are tares. Jesus told a parable where the enemy came in and sowed tares at night. A tare is a plant that looks like wheat but isn't. And Jesus said, wait until the time of harvest. You'll be able to tell the two apart and then remove the tares from the wheat. And so Jesus was telling us that there were going to be false conversions. There were going to be Christians who were in church. They looked like Christians. They acted like Christians. They walked like Christians. They talked like Christians, but they had never really made a genuine commitment. Now, where else do we find people who have a massive understanding about God's word? Think of these Christians who sit in church week after week after week, and they're not really following through. They're playing a game. They've never really committed their lives to Christ. They are planted there by the enemy, but they're learning all of this light. They are being enlightened. They are experiencing what church is all about. Now, where else do you find something like this where people know a lot and they can't get saved? That's in the unforgivable sin that Jesus talked about that was possible for the religious leaders to commit. They knew the word of God. They knew the Old Testament. They knew the festivals. They knew the law. And when the Messiah came, they should have recognized him. In fact, they might have recognized him. Listen to what Jesus says. Therefore, I say to you, every sin of blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. This is the term, the blasphemy against the spirit. And then he says, anyone who speaks a word against the son of man, it will be forgiven him. And whoever speaks against 
the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. It wasn't that they had spoken a word. It says a word against the Son of Man wouldn't be forgiven, but speaking against the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to bring people to Jesus, works alongside of Jesus with him to draw people to him. And they should have known because they had the light of the word of God and they rejected and they rejected and they rejected and they rejected. And finally, Jesus gave them a warning that this sin against the Holy Spirit or a word against the Holy Spirit, the blasphemy of the Spirit would not be forgiven. It was because they were in a unique position of all of this enlightenment, of all of this understanding. And they rejected and rejected. And finally, we don't know if it was at this point, but they go too far and they cannot be saved because Jesus began to speak in parables saying, so that they might see and not understand, they might hear and not come to salvation. So they had crossed a line. It's an invisible line. When you're playing a game, when you have all of this information, but you refuse to genuinely come to Christ, it's possible to cross a line and not be renewed to repentance. And since Hebrews chapter 6 is so much like the unforgivable sin in the Gospels, I believe that's what it's talking about. There were Hebrews who were genuine Christians who, because of persecution, because life was too tough, because the Judaism was sanctioned and Christianity wasn't under the Roman Empire, they had some protection if they were Jewish, but not if they were Christian. And because of all of those things, they were thinking about going back into Judaism only and not following through with the Messiah. But there were also those among them who were tares, who were false conversions. And for these guys, because they had gained so much light, if they kept pushing away and pushing away and pushing away God, the time would come when God would no longer call them. That's why the book of Hebrews says, today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Because God has to draw you in order for you to make a commitment to him. If you're not drawn by God, well, the Bible says in John 6, that no one can come to the Son unless the Father draws him. So here you are in church and you're not genuinely saved, but you are listening to things and listening to things and listening to things. Jesus said that some would say, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? And he would say, away from me, I never knew you. That's how much they looked like Christians, felt like they were Christians, but they had not made a genuine commitment to Christ. And for those people, there's a line where you could go too far and now it's impossible to renew you to repentance. What does this warning mean to us? Two things. Number one, make sure that you are a genuine convert, that you've really given your life to Christ, that you're not playing games. Open up your life, invite him in, examine where you are. The evidence that you've really made a commitment to him is that you wanna do the things that Jesus told us to do. If you love him, you'll keep his commandments and you'll be transformed and you will be changed and you will know that God keeps you because God knows who are his, the Bible says. It is not too late for you at this point to make that commitment to him. Make sure that you have a genuine commitment because there is a line that is invisible. You won't know when you cross it that it's impossible to renew you to repentance and make that genuine, real commitment. If you're in church playing games, stop. Number two, if you are not serious about following God, and I'm a pastor, and you're not going to hear this often from pastors, but I would say, 
If you're not serious, you don't want to follow him, you're just pretending and putting on an act, then stop it. Stop putting on the act. Stop going to church because all you're doing is learning more and more and more. And the Bible says that you will be judged on the light that you know. You will already be judged on what you know. It would be far better for you just to be honest with God, honest to yourself about where you really are and not play that kind of game because it's a dangerous game that you are playing. And I believe that this warning that is so scary in Hebrews chapter 6 is for you. Now, if you like this video, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and ring the bell, and you will help get this video and other videos that are like it out to as many people as possible. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.